All right, guys, we have a very special announcement. It's official. The Bases Loaded Pod is joining the Roto Baller Radio Podcast Network. A little bit about Roto Baller. Since 2013, Roto Baller has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy addicts their fix with player news and cutting edge fantasy analysis. If you didn't know, Roto Baller's 2020 MLB draft kit is already live. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools, including printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points, head-to-head, dynasty, roto, AL only, NL only, you name it, they've got it. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools. These draft tools include printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points leagues, head-to-head, roto, dynasty, AL or NL only, you name it, they've got it. They also offer rankings and projections from the number one most accurate industry expert, Nick Mariano. Not to mention access to their exclusive rankings wizard. Like I said, there's 15. Those are just three. So there's so much more to check out. For a limited time, get your MLB premium pass for 50% off. But wait, it does actually get better. Right now, you can get an additional 10% off if you use promo code BASESLOADED. Just visit rotoballer.com slash BASESLOADED to sign up for your premium pass today so you can dominate your leagues tomorrow. Bases loaded and one out. Oh my God! Deep to right field, way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Grand slam. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter, at Mike underscore Curland, and tonight. Episode 99, I'm here with George and Zach, of course. You can follow them on Twitter. George is at Roto underscore Nino. Zach is at Braff Z. Gentlemen, we're almost at 100. What's going on? Yeah, the countdown to 100 is almost over. Here we are at 99, man. I'm doing good. I'm excited. Zach? Yeah, man, doing good. It's been a busy few weeks of baseball, even though there's no baseball going on. We finished our, our remix draft the other night, uh, which went on way too long. <laughs> and uh, me and George are in a remix dynasty draft now, so we're still drafting away. But uh, always good to have some baseball going on in the background. Yeah, and it's nice to have kind of finally see like that light at the end of the tunnel with all the discussions going on with the plans. Now you're seeing all the different leagues kind of rolling out their uh, their plans to kind of phase back in. You know, their uh, opening of the uh, facilities and stuff. So I mean, hey, yeah, we could get rolling here pretty soon. Yeah, you see uh, Trevor Pluth coming out. Ploof, uh, yeah, Ploof. Sorry, yep. you have, yeah, you have Ploof coming out, <laughs> dropping that bomb on us. You have a couple guys confirming, and then you have passing kind, of, and you know, passing is like Mister, like he for me, I, I believe pretty much anything he puts out. Not really a big troll type of guy or anything like that. Doesn't really seem to do it for the clicks, but uh, he's talking about you know he kind of confirmed it to a lesser extent, discussing that players have been kind of notified to be in game shape due to the um, the proposal that's coming out to the players union. So that's the latest news. It's kind of exciting. We're inching towards baseball again. That is fantastic. And right in time for us to, I mean, I'm glad we haven't stopped rolling through this. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, we went through a little bit of a, you could tell some of our stuff wasn't as, we weren't as excited. We were kind of bummed out just like the rest of you guys, but we're kind <laughs> of back, man. This is nice. I, I, I feel re-energized, reinvigorated. I just feel like, man, it's 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 long overdue. I need baseball in my life again, you know what I mean? Like, real baseball. The KBO, I, I honestly am trying to do it, 
it's not for me. I can understand the excitement behind it, but I, I don't know. How you guys like the KBO going on? I haven't really watched it. Uh, I'm seeing everybody talking about it on Twitter, and I'm enjoying watching some of the highlights, but I just haven't had a chance. I mean, what, it's on at like 4 in the morning or something, <laughs> East Coast time. Um, I know there's reruns. I just, I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but it's good to see live baseball on. If you do, yeah. watch it. I was gonna say, have you had any interest in it or kind of my big thing? And I'll be honest, it's like not that. Trust me, I can appreciate baseball no matter what, what the form is. But I just know it's literally like it's almost like the remix league. You're so excited about it; it's awesome. And then in a month, everyone's like, "All right, this is fun." Yeah, everyone wants like, especially in a month when like once we get spring training back, people are gonna be like, "KB, what?" You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's almost like preseason football, you know? <laughs> it's like the XFL. This is what people yeah. this is what the, like. And I hate to say that because, I mean, obviously the KBO is a well-known organization. And all, honestly, I'm glad to see that they're doing well enough to even have sports. So I envy them. But at the same time, I just can't get into it personally. With that said, I don't want to poo-poo it anymore. Again, there, there is big league. There are future big leaguers playing right now. It's just I saw some. I saw a tweet about it. It's like. People would call the KBO like I guess almost like a double A plus, like it's sandwiched between triple A and double A as far as mm-hmm. the level of talent. So it's still like so there's still legitimate like players to look at and watch. So but with that being said, there's again, it is what it is. People are just wanting baseball. Before we get into it, guys, tonight we're gonna talk about roster stabilizers. It doesn't sound very fun, but these are the types of guys that I feel like are just very, very important to your teams. Like I said, before we get into it, though, just a quick reminder, if you have a chance to drop a five-star rating or review, we greatly appreciate it. And I want to mention one thing. Since we started using StreamYard, I love it because I don't script your names anymore, guys, because your names are at the bottom of your little squares, and it's easy to transition, so I don't mess up George or Zach anymore. So I just wanted to let you guys know, I don't see that being a big issue going forward. Took you, took you, took you 100 episodes to figure it out. 99 episodes. Took you 99 episodes. episodes. <laughs> Which, by the way, guys, I don't, I mean, I know it's, we, we joke about it, and we kind of have a lot of fun on here, but Man, I honestly am, like, super excited. I think it's awesome. You don't see a lot of podcasts the last 50, let alone 100 episodes. I think it's a big deal, and I think we should be honestly almost proud of that because I think it's, like, pretty much – I think it's a pretty big accomplishment for podcasts, especially considering that we never knew each other before this. We met, like, doing this – we met – we came together to do this podcast. Absolutely, man. It's been over a year now that, the, you know, we've come together, and we're all still here, you know, and, and – going strong and so you know absolutely i mean it's it's not very often that this happens you know so you know grown to know you guys over this last you know year plus and i couldn't couldn't be more proud to be part of this team yeah it's pretty crazy how far we've come but yeah i mean i think the three of us have a good rapport and we've been doing it for a year and hopefully we continue doing this and it's yeah it's always fun talking Forever. ball with you ever <laughs> for ever yeah man i love this podcast man I, I i'll never i don't think i'll ever want to do another podcast like i've obviously been a part of other ones and started but they never felt the same you know this is just i guess it's because we we literally grew this thing from nothing to a little more than nothing but you get my point maybe i don't give us enough credit because i think it's kind of grown a name for itself and really taken off so with that said let's get the actual fantasy baseball content now that we're like eight minutes yeah, into this podcast. This. <laughs> so again roster stabilizers where i think we all picked just hitters didn't we uh, I, I have a pitcher. Do you? How about yeah. you, Zach? You have three hitters or? Three hitters. So do I. And my you ruined this, George, because I was thinking, because when it comes to roster stabilizers, you think of, at least this is my definition. So if anybody has anything else to add, let me know. But I look at them like they are guys you could pretty much draft. You know what you're getting. You can set them and forget them. There are no doubts about the production for the most part. Some might offer a little more upside than others. But at the end of the day, they really just are what they are. And you know, again, you know the production that comes with it. Hitters, I feel like, are easier to do that with. Pitchers, there's a little, you know, it's a little less 
like you think you know what you're getting, but sometimes you just don't because there's a lot of volatility to pitching as a whole. But some pitchers do fit it, so I'm glad you did pick one. So we have nine players tonight, eight are hitters, one's a pitcher. George, how about you start off with that pitcher? Let's just get it out of the way. All right, all right. I'll uh, I'll start it off here. Um, the pitcher I have here is a roster stabilizer. And, you know, when we talk about roster stabilizers, we just kind of mean someone who's maybe not flashy, maybe goes overlooked, uh, who you can kind of just plug in and that, that won't hurt you, you know, that you can kind of just depend on week in and week out. And for me, I think my my guy here is, is Mike Miner. I like Mike Miner. I liked him going into last year. And now uh, here he is. He had a good year, 3.59 ERA, uh, over 200 innings, 200, exactly 200 strikeouts, 1.24 whip. And his ADP is like right around 150. I mean, he's one of these last guys. He's going this this late that, I mean, 200 innings, 200 strikeouts, uh, ERA and a whip that, that's not going to hurt you. That's going to be stable there over 200 innings. You know, Texas is going into a ballpark that, you know, they have a roof now. It should be, you know, it could be more pitcher friendly. You did know, you I know those. Hot- sorry to interrupt. You know, those the Gallo, did you see those Gallo, Gallo tweets? I can't even talk tonight. Gallo was mentioning that it was actually hard to hit. They're trying to talk like the owners or whatever to move the fences in because they were talking about how difficult it is to hit there. You see yeah. anything about that? I don't know, man. Those those pool I, I see those pool alleys are kind of yeah uh, kind of short already. I'm um, surprised that that's why I was surprised he said that. I'm wondering if the roof is making that much of a difference at this new park. Yeah, well, possibly. And if that's the case, I mean, I, I like Miner even more. Yeah, uh, that's why. Sorry you know, to interrupt, I mean, but that's what that my head went there right away. No, yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, not not many pitchers, you know, went deeper into games as consistently uh, as Mike Miner. And then if you if you take a look at uh, if you take a look at his StatCast page, I mean, you, you see a lot of red there. You know, he's 87th percentile, uh, you know, exit velocity allowed, 91st percentile hard hit rate. Um, just about everything is, is up there you know, in the right direction, you know, uh, and the only thing that, that uh, is down in the blue kind of a 41st percentile fastball uh, velocity, but that's okay. If you take a look at his fastball spin, it's, it's okay. It doesn't play like a, like he has a 93 mile per hour fastball, but it doesn't play like that because of a 99th percentile fastball spin. And, you know, if, if you don't really know the relationship to that, it just, what spin does is kind of help the ball stay elevated longer you know so and especially you know the way there's hitting trends and more hitting trends right now is like you know the uppercut swings trying to lift the ball so a fastball that stays higher is, is gonna you know kind of counter that uh, so you like to see fastballs that that kind of stay higher in the zone for longer just because you know you throw a ball in a straight line and it's just gravity is just gonna take control and it's gonna go lower so a fastball that has a higher rpm is going to play better. So, you know, not all 93 mile per hour fastballs are the same. And this guy's in the 99th percentile, you know, and then, you know, StatCast kind of came out with their own, uh, you know, expected ERA, you know, indicator with, you know, uh, it's called the well expected ERA and uh, <laughs> original name. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, Hey, they got X, you know, X batting average expected Woba, you know, Hey, expected ERA just kind of makes sense. And they have him, his expected ERA at 3.91. So, I mean, StatCast likes him. And if you, t- if you, if you're looking at a guy that's going to give you, you know, a sub four ERA with, you know, a decent whip, I mean, what makes him any different than someone like Zach Wheeler, who's going like 50 picks before him. So, I mean, I yeah, I, I think Mike Miner is a pretty good value. I think he could be one of those you know roster stabilizers. Not not someone that's going to give you like a, a ERA around three, you know, or or a sub one two ERA, but or you know strike out one hundred and fifty. But you plug him right in, he's not going to hurt you. 
Gotcha. I, I was hoping when you talk about spin rate on the ball, you're like, yeah, spin rate. I was like, I hope you say it makes it spin more. I was really hoping we were going to go there. Like, that's where my head went. I was like, he's like, you're looking for the word. I was like, I really hope he says the spin rate helps it spin. I really hoped. But yeah, sorry. That's where my head went. Zach, hit me with your first name. <laughs> I'm not going to get all uh, philosophical and physics uh, re- related here like George just did. I, but... I don't think I am either. So we're going to have a happy medium here. That was good stuff. I'm just going to keep it simple here. Uh, I'm going to go on the hitter side of things. And uh, somebody that I just really like um, as a roster stabilizer is Justin Turner. Um, this guy right now is going about 150 ADP uh, per fan tracks ADP. And he's about the 16th third baseman off the board right now. Um, I mean, third base, it's um, I don't know if I would call it the deepest position, but there's definitely about um, uh, like maybe th- – 13 to 15 guys deep that I would feel comfortable as my starting third baseman. And Justin Turner's all the way down here at 16. And I, I, I do like him more than some of these other guys at the price that they're going at. Um, so Justin Turner, like I said, 16th third baseman off the board. This guy, he's posted, if, if you're in OBP leagues, uh, this is a guy that I'm targeting as much as possible. He's bad. He batted over 370 OBP in five of the last six years. And he's hitting the ball harder than ever. I mean, this guy, he made a swing change a few years ago. I think he went to the same hitting coach um, that helped J.D. Martinez kind of fix his swing. So his barrel rate is among the league leaders, and he's just hitting the ball harder than he has in the past five years. And he's batting in one of the best lineups, if not the best lineup in baseball right now. He's batting behind Mookie Betts and most likely Max Muncie, and he's batting in front of Bellinger. So he's going to see some great pitches, and I just love him in that line. Lineup. Um, he's going to put up a close to 300 average. He's going to, like I said, he's probably going to hit over 370 OBP, if not closer to 400. Um, could be 100 runs, 100 RBIs, and this is a guy that's going 150. I mean, I would prefer to personally wait on somebody like a Rendon or a Bregman, maybe target some other positions, solidify those positions, and target somebody like Justin Turner later. And um, yeah. This is a guy that can win you leagues right here, especially if it's an OBP-type league. If it's OBP or average, I mean, he's going to help you in both of those categories. So I love Justin Turner this year. I actually came around on him later than I would like to in draft season because I just I saw the value there as well. And with a shortened season, and that's another thing, a lot of us, we're, we're saying stats like it's a season-long stat line, so we haven't quite adjusted to the new idea of a shortened season because we don't know how many games there are, but let's just say the games are cut in half, then just take 100-100 and cut it to 50-50. Like, the idea is just obviously cut it in half, or even in general, cut any stats we say in half because, yeah, it's hard to really get an idea of what you're going to get in a shortened season. Plus, we still don't know the structure of the games and all that. So, obviously, we're just speaking in general in like in general terms. Just a, a quick reminder for anybody listening. Yeah. Um, I really like the Justin Turner pick. Mike Miner, I'm just curious how Mike Miner is like – there's two ways to look at it with the shortened season, you know, draft strategy as a whole. I feel like we'll touch on it more in the future, and we have touched, about, touched on it a little bit in the past, but – he might be a good guy to pay. if you go upside early. He's a good guy to pair for stabilization. That's that's the reason for stabilize. That's word also stabilizer. I get it, <laughs> but I'm just thinking like you know draft strategy comes into play. But I think Turner in a shortened season, it depends again. It depends if they go that double header out. The shorter how, will will he sit more because of that? You know, there's again little things we have to think about. We have, we'll, we will revisit that later though. My first guy. Oh, and by the way, we don't use Fantrax ADP. I refuse to hear that ever again on this podcast. Um, no, I'm kidding. Oh. Uh, and NFBC uh, last thirty days or so. I wonder why. One fifty five point eight seven. And no, that's just that's just because NFBC is better. Period for ADP. Um, 
Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't put that. I didn't put that one together. That's the funny part. Uh, my guy here, my first guy is going on average at pick two seventy um, over the last thirty days on FBC, and that's Cesar Hernandez. I've spoke about him a little bit before. My big thing is he literally is as safe as it gets at second base. We're talking about a guy since twenty sixteen has played one hundred fifty five games or more in three out of those four seasons. The one season being one hundred twenty eight games, and he still put up nine home runs and fifteen stolen bases. He is not gonna win you leagues the opposite of story, but he is gonna give you a little bit of speed without killing you in power while giving you batting average so and he might hit a top of that lineup people don't realize before mercado even got hurt in, in string training cesar hernandez was a frequent um figure at the top of that lineup a fixture at the top of that lineup he was always hitting usually in the two hole which is something he did over in philadelphia as well so we're looking at a guy who kind of hey, last two years he's had 14 and 15 home runs nine and 19 stolen bases so there was a drop off in stolen bases in 2019 i would expect the indians to let him run a, a little more i mean they're, they're a team that always run so i would expect him to be able to get double digit steals i wouldn't say more than 10 and then in a, again a shortened season maybe closer it's still close to 10 because in, since 2015, he said 19, 17, 15, 19, and 9. 9 being the clear outlier. So I still think, realistically, we're looking at like 7 to 10 in a short season regardless. The only reason why he might not be as much of a stolen brace threat as even I would like to is that you look at his sprint speed since 2015, it's gone down every year, and it was a career low 28.7 feet per second last year, which is still good enough to be 76 in the, in the major leagues. But at the end of the day, still, again, a steady decline in speed, which happens as you age. He is going to be, I think, 32 this year. So at the end of the day, you know what you're getting. Solid batting average floor, solid stolen base floor. A little bit of power that won't kill you. We'll sprinkle in some runs. And, again, he plays in one of the, like, the premier positions that are tough to uh, come by. Second base is one of the shallowest positions in fantasy, if not the shallowest among offensive positions. And you're getting a guy here, you can kind of just set him, forget him, and you know what you're going to get. There's zero real, any, there's pretty much zero concern as far as um, the production you're going to get out of him. Nice. It's, it's a good call. It's a good boring. call. Very boring. Oh, by the way, all three <laughs> of these guys, like all three of my guys are boring. Like Justin Turner, I find exciting. Mike Miner, I can understand a little excitement. Cesar Hernandez, no one's excited to get him, except for me, because <laughs> I'm weird like that. So, uh, George, let's go with number two, unless somebody has something to say about now, I was just gonna say I'm curious to see what happens, um, how they how they line up uh, with this roster here. So right now in roster resource, Mercado is slotted mm-hmm. in as the two guy. But if Mercado does struggle, which I could see uh, a little sophomore slump from Mercado this year, I could see Caesar Hernandez being moved up to the two hole, and I think that could really boost his production as well. In front of and in between Lindor, Ramirez, Santana, I think it would be a great spot for him at the top of that lineup. Yeah, 100% agree. All right, we'll get to let George go with his second player now. Cool. Yeah, so um, actually I, I went ahead and checked Mike Miner's uh, ADP, NFBC ADP over the last 30 days, 174. So, I mean, that's that's even better right that's there. That's SP3 range, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my second uh, roster stabilizer is actually uh, Elvis Andrews going at pick 144 over the last 30 days. And, I mean, Andrews has just been – kind of just a staple of just consistency man he's every since 2009 he's played uh at least 145 games every year uh ex- except for 28 uh was it uh yeah 2018 uh every year besides 2018 he's played at least 145 games stolen at least 20 uh 20 bases so i mean he's been just durable and consistent as they come that 2018 season he got hit in the elbow uh broke his elbow he only played 97 games 
so I mean, other than that, though, I mean, he he's just been really stable. Uh, stole 31 bases, hit 12 home runs last year. Kind of broke out with some power in 2017. Hit 20 home runs, stole 25 bases, and uh, the power has been up over the last few seasons. It, it kind of coincides with a big rise in his swing rate. So it just it looks like over the last three years he's just been a little bit more aggressive, and he kind he gets overlooked. Um, I don't know if it's age. I don't know if it's just he's kind of boring i mean it's a, it's a premium position shortstop there's just a ton of shortstops so it's it's easy to overlook someone like elvis andrews but if you're looking for someone who can get you you know double digits uh home runs and you know between 20 and 30 steals you can kind of bank on it with with elvis andrews and he's not going to hit any lower than third in that texas lineup um which is getting better around him so uh yeah i think elvis andrews uh could help you out there you know won't is not going to hurt you you know so yeah that's that's my second guy Gotcha. Sounds good to me. I mean, I, got, I don't have much to add. I wish I had more to say about Andrews, but there isn't. And that's probably going to be a consistent theme tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> unfortunately, because again, it's hard to poke holes in these guys because you are getting what you are getting. But the idea is to identify them and remind you that there are there is value in this type of skill set. With that said, Zach, go ahead and roll into your second guy. All right, so my second guy is Hunter Renfro. He definitely does need to make some improvements at the plate. His plate discipline is, I wouldn't call it atrocious, but it's really not great. But I strongly believe that there's going to be some improvement this year going to Tampa Bay. We saw last year what Tampa Bay did with Travis Darnot. Travis Darnot um, was just a mediocre player, um, almost like a pretty much like a triple A type player, pretty much his whole career with the Mets. And he came to the Tampa Bay Rays. And he was just phenomenal last year down the stretch for them. Um, their hitting coach, uh, Chad Matola, was apparently a key role in um, improving Darno's plate discipline and just um, just everything about his offensive game. So I, I really think that Renfro, Renfro is going to get full-time playing time this year. He's actually improved defensively the past few seasons. So he should be in the lineup um, pretty much every day. If he's not in there defensively, they obviously have the DH spot now for him. So that's going to be huge for him. But, I mean, if if Hunter Renfro improves his plate discipline and with everyday playing time, and you're looking at a 40, easily a 40 home run guy if he's getting 500 plus at bats here. Um, I think he's going to be slotted right in the middle of that order. Right now he's going 236 ADP, and he's the 54th outfielder off the board right now. So it's a tremendous value, especially if you're kind of going for maybe some speedsters early on, like a Trey Turner or um, just somebody along those lines, maybe a Mondesi early, which I don't know why you would take Mondesi super early. Uh, But if you do kind of, if you are lacking in the power department, Renfro is a perfect guy late in drafts who uh, can be a sneaky power play. And he's he's just going to really put up production in that category. So yeah, home runs, RBIs, this is a great guy to target late in drafts. I'm going to give a little pushback here. I don't think he's enough of a stabilizer because I don't think you can just set him and forget him. I think he's risky. I think he's better for daily leagues. I think there's too many mouths to feed over there in, in Tampa. So I'm giving a little pushback on that. I can understand for power alone, you can just plug him in and obviously you'll get what you get. But how, how sure are we on the playing time? How sure are we that I, – I, I would like to think his glove would keep him in the field more often than not. But he does struggle, was it, against righties? Yeah, he struggles. I'm pretty sure he yeah. struggles against righties pretty badly. So that can hurt him, especially the way the Rays like the platoon player. So that's my pushback. But if you like the way you believe in him, it makes sense. I just ha- I, I want to believe in Renfro because I actually own a few shares this season as well. So 
I will hope you're right. I'm just not as optimistic. If there's one team that we want him to go to to improve his plate discipline and just become an overall better player, Tampa is one of the best situations to be in. I can understand the hit. It's not. I'm not arguing from the coaching aspect. I'm I'm arguing from the playing time aspect, unfortunately, because you still have Susugo that needs to find time. Jose Martinez. Um, they are the Rockies of the East, pretty much. They have so many miles to feed. I do think Renfro. I love to. See, I love him there for the idea of what he could be. I'm just afraid, and I'm 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 a pretty big believer in him, or at least I was. But I am afraid that there's just so much going on there that he can get kind of caught up in that. Especially if the defense takes a step back or anything takes a step back, then he really can be easily look on the outside looking in over there. So again, my little bit of pushback. I'm not as sold on him being such a sure thing, but if you are, he fits this. I love video. Video is so much better. Oh, I saw. I saw. He see. He can't say it, but I saw something that he's not allowed to say on the air. It's awesome. Um, I don't know. Glad, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm glad we. It's the feelings are mutual, buddy. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and transition to my second guy, and it's Brian Anderson of the Marlins. Surprise, shocker. shocker. I know. Um, he's just a guy that I've become ever more intrigued with. Uh, I'm bought in on him. He's third base outfield, so he's dual eligible right around pick 200 NFC formats. I think I, might, I haven't even double checked that. I could double check it. It's right in front of me, but I'm being lazy. Um, he overall in 2019, people just don't realize he had a uh, bit of a change. And you know me about tangible change. He increased his launch angle to a career best 11.1 degrees. With that change came career best marks in home runs as well. He had 20 home runs in just 126 games. He also, again, career best mark in barrel rate of 8.9%, hard hit percentage of 45.7%, which was 86th percentile. His best ever max exit velocity of 114.4 miles per hour, which was 34th in the major leagues. He also had career best ground ball rates and fly ball rates. And although he was more aggressive at the plate, I think that was in part like on purpose because it came with a career best zone contact, which means he hit the most balls in the zone than ever before at 83.7%. So all in all, Brian Anderson made cha- a change in his approach, made a, obviously he made a conscious effort to l- put some loft in his swing, and with it came the production. Now you add in the fact that they moved the fences in and he has the best lineup protection he's ever had of, of his career. I think we're in for what could be a solid year, but even if he doesn't take a step forward, you still know what you're getting. He's not going to kill you in batting average. He's going to provide you some home runs, and he's just going to be somebody you can stick him in there, forget about him. He's just going to do his thing. That's Brian Anderson. His name yeah, is boring. Uh, he's boring. I get it. But by, by the way, his uh, NFBC ADP is at 211. I, I told uh, you about 200. I was close. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You know, uh, Anderson, I didn't realize, I mean, he's been a three-war player over the last two seasons, mm-hmm. uh, each season, you know. So, yeah, I mean, good for, for real life and could help you out in fantasy as well. And um, looking at names around him, see, even I wouldn't take I wouldn't take him. And I love Anderson, but Avisel Garcia I'd rather have over him. Um, yeah. I'd rather have Anderson over CJ Crone, though. I'm not that big on Crone as big. I, I like Anderson. I think Anderson offers more upside. Maybe I'm crazy. I'd rather have him over Didi. Jock Peterson gets interesting because I think Jock has more power upside, so I think it's more of a need-based. I think Anderson gives you a little more batting average floor. Peterson gives you the higher ceiling ceiling on power. McCutcheon I'd rather have. So he's going around in other names where I'm kind of torn. So maybe I won't, maybe that's why I haven't had much of him because I'm looking at a lot of names around right here in this area that I think offer not, not more, just offer different skill sets that you might need here. So I, like I, said, I do have a couple shows of Brandon Anderson. I really like him, but I wouldn't take him over. So those are just some of the names I wouldn't take him over. Personally, like I said, 
And I'm just looking at this. Dang, there's a lot of good names here. Colton Wong's interesting if you need speed. Nixon Zell is a complete wild card. Yasiel Puig's a great value because it looks like he might sign with your Giants, and that might lead to more steals and less home runs, which everyone needs steals anyway. So yeah. there you go. Which I'm really excited for that move. People are like, "Oh, my, I don't want him at, in San Fran. I just want him on a team. I have he's in my he's on my TGFBI team. He's on a few redraft teams. I just want him to sign. So Giants right. are bust. I'm good with that. That didn't happen. Um, yeah, right. No, no, no. It's just they're Not saying yet. it's. Oh. It looks like once the season is announced, he's pretty much like has like multiple offers on the table and very likely to sign. So I'm a little. I guess I'm optimistic he's going to sign. Hey, if people are trading in their leagues, he might be a buy low or he might be on the waiver wire. Take a look. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, we haven't talked. There's been no waiver wire talk because because <laughs> well, no baseball. I haven't logged on to uh, my fantasy teams to check the waiver wire in months. All right. Anyway, Brian Anderson. <laughs> That's enough of Brian Anderson. We can move on to our last uh, names here. George, go ahead and round off your last name here. All right. On that note, we're going to go ahead and take a brief break, and we'll be right back with you after a word from our sponsors. And we're back. Yeah, so uh, I have another Brian here, Brian Reynolds, uh, going at pick. It's uh, 178 on NFBC. So Re- Reynolds going, I mean, going 178, you're getting someone who hit 314 last season with 16 home runs and three stolen bases in 134 games. I mean, it's just another season over 300 for, for Brian Reynolds. He has never in in his professional career in all the minor league levels hit under 300 this guy has hit consistently just has one of the best hit tools and he's proven it you know he's just done it over and over again at every level now he here he is at mlb with the pirates uh, should be hitting you know uh at the top of the order uh there was talks of him leading off i i think he probably fits in uh at second there in the order and uh, I, I compare him really similarly to someone like Jeff McNeil. I, I think you're really getting like a Jeff McNeil type of player, like 100 picks later. I mean, you, you take a look at his uh, stat cast numbers and uh, they're all looking pretty good. You know, 61st percentile exit velocity, 67th percentile hard hit rate, 76th percentile um, ex-woba. Even the sprint speed is there, 76th percentile. So I think you can really get someone who can hit you 20 home runs, steal you five bases and hit over 300. I mean, here at 178, no matter how you've constructed your roster to this point, I mean, you're going to get someone that's going to contribute. You know, you could set him there. He's the definition of just kind of a set it and forget it. Not going to hurt you. You keep him in your lineup. Uh, you know, so he, I really like Brian Reynolds. Like I said, I think he compares very similarly to someone like Jeff McNeil. In fact, he has a lot of these me- uh, stat cast metrics are uh, better than McNeil, you know. So, yeah, I, I think I think Reynolds is a good one. Again, nothing to add. I wish I did. <laughs> He's just – I'm not a Reynolds guy because, A, I rather have Brian Anderson who goes right after him. And then another guy, my last guy, goes right after him as well. We'll get to him shortly. But not before we get to Zach's final guy and see if I can get another behind-the-scenes uh, gesture thrown my way when I disagree. Well, I just want to say I, I like George's pick there, Reynolds, uh, the Jeff McNeil comp. It's a very good comp, and I'm, I'm glad we took him in our Dynasty League. So, yeah, Brian too. Reynolds, great choice. Another outfielder. That I've been eyeing is Alex Verdugo. He's going right now around 243 ADP. He's actually the next outfielder off the board after Hunter Renfro. So 54 and 55. And Alex Verdugo, he's he's just very different than um, a lot of other players right now. He just does not strike out very much. Um, he's one of the uh, in the top seven percent of the of the big leagues in strikeout percentage right now. Uh, which is just extremely uncommon. And another thing that's really uncommon is he actually, so he's a left-handed hitter and he actually hits lefties very well. 
Um, his splits against lefties are 327. He hits 327 compared to 281 against righties. So he's actually a much better, um, I'd say he's a much better contact hitter off of lefties um, compared to righties, but he actually does more of his power comes from uh, against right-handed hitters. But um, yeah, just an overall solid producer across the board in average and OBP. Uh, like I said, he just he really doesn't strike out too much, puts the ball in play. And right now, uh, I mean, Boston definitely thinks highly of him um, with the Mookie Betts trade. He's slotted into the middle of this order right now and slotted into right field. And this guy, he, if he's healthy, which he said um, actually yesterday in a conference call that he's now 100% healthy. Um, he had a, a back injury that he was recovering from. Um, this offseason. So hopefully he's 100% healthy and he's actually a fantastic fielder as well. So if he can be out in uh, one of the corner outfield spots, most likely right field in Fenway Park, that would be huge for them and get him on the field and getting consistent at bats. That's really been his problem with uh, that Dodgers lineup, which is just filled with almost too much talent that he just wasn't able to get consistent at bats. So hopefully Verdugo with consistent playing time and fully healthy um, will be able to help you as a late round flyer at outfield and really put up some good numbers, whether it be home runs, average OBP, RBIs. I mean, he can really help you across the board. He's not going to steal a ton of bags, might be able to get you between like five to 10 bags. But other than that, he's really going to help you across the board. Gotcha. Can I give you a hard time now again? Um, (laughs) uh, Verdugo, I actually like him. I like his price. I'm wondering where they're going to bat him because if he hits the top of the lineup where I think he should, he's a fantastic value. But then you have Benintendi there that I don't think he's going to go down without fight, without a fight for hitting the top of that lineup. I just don't see them going lefty-lefty 1-2. So that pushes Verdugo or Benintendi down. So whichever one gets pushed down does lose a little bit of value, but Verdugo's draft price kind of makes up for that. So I'm not yeah. necessarily poo-pooing on your thing. I just unfortunately I think it's this season he's a little limited – because I think they're going to ease him back in anyway as well. They're not going to push him too hard at first, so he'll get more frequent days off and probably hit lower in the lineup until he gets going. Again, the that's built into his draft price at this point, I feel like. So that's just – I wish I had more feedback to give like this to George, but I just like – it's almost like a, I almost – people know I like to pick on you, but this is a legitimately just concern. You just happen to pick players that I have concerns about, whereas George has picked players that I, I'm yawning in the background, so – <laughs> which my guys fit that too so it's it's like it's just you pick the more controversial ones which are it's fun because it, good it gave us a little life in this podcast because yeah, otherwise it gives us something to talk about well it gives me something to rant about because you're just sitting there taking it because you, you don't want to argue you already put up your point there's nothing else for you to say i'm taking verdugo over brian anderson any day i think i agree because i think there's more upside <laughs> no, <I'm> a, <laughs> well you know i lied over brian anderson sorry thanks to brian reynolds um ooh. Need based, I would. That's more of a toss up for me. See, Reynolds and Verdugo. I think it it is need based, like you said. I think it's need based because Verdugo will give me the higher uh, batting average, but I think Anderson. I want to say Anderson has the better home run potential only because he's not coming off a back injury, put up twenty with a swing change last year, and doesn't have to hit as a left hander at uh, at uh, wow. Fenway. Fenway, thank you. Fenway. <laughs> Jeez, I can't believe I couldn't think of that park. And people think that, you know, people always think about the pull side, but it's a deep right field. Deep gap. 
So the home run, the home, yeah, the home runs aren't. It's not as lefty friendly as people swear it is. So that's a big reason why I fade, like not fade lefties, but I'm not as bought into the power potential there. So that's why I lean Brian Anderson. And then the multi-positional eligibility is also a deciding factor for me. But they are a lot closer than they are close for me. But I'm also very high on Anderson, so that says a lot about. I'm also pretty good, pretty big on Verdugo. All right. <clears throat> I say we have a bet here. I say we have a bet who finishes mm. best. My guy, your guy, or Zach's guy. <laughs> well, I'll take the bet. I'll take Anderson over uh, Reynolds. Reynolds, and Anderson, and I, uh, I think Verdugo. I think it's. I think it's not fair for Zach because of the health concerns. Unless he wanted to, that's oh, on him. I'm. I'm in. He said he's 100 percent healthy. I trust does, the guy completely. The, so the winner gets a jersey, and the other and the two losers uh, share the cost. Sure. That's fine by me. We can we can wait to see you know if we get closer to the season and and uh, we're sure that Verdugo will we'll, be ready to we'll, go. We'll but. revisit, yeah, because if Verdugo's not 100, percent bets the bets off. But live on the air, you heard it. Winner I'm gets ready. a jersey for their I'm player. Brian Verdugo. Reynolds versus Brian Anderson versus Alex Verdugo. Here we go. God, that is boring. <laughs> Verdugo's exciting, but that is boring. Um, I'm, I've always I'm, wanted a number 99 jersey. <laughs> I've always wanted a Marlins. Oh wait, I have a bunch of them. I just throw away because they always trade their players. Um, I have a stand in one of my my closet stuff. I think Anderson's uh, next, bro. Probably. I quit. Um, <laughs> my my last guy is again just another boring guy that he's just as solid and steady as it gets. Is uh, Adam Meaton when he's healthy, but he's getting. I feel like it's unfair. I know he's coming off uh, last in twenty nineteen. He wasn't. Had, he didn't have any health concerns, but 2017, 2018, he played 95 games and 23 games. So, But prior to that, 2015, 2016, he played 153, 157, and then 2019, he played 151. So when he plays health, when, he play, when he's healthy, he actually plays every game. <laughs> but when he's not healthy, he misses a lot of time. So it's hit or miss. I like to think that the health concerns are behind him after playing 151 games. And we're talking about a guy that went healthy 14-14, 14, 14-18, 14 15-15. 15 15. That's home run and steals. Um combination so looking at a guy in eating that will give you the a little bit of power a little bit of speed and then again in those three healthy seasons 279 284 287 so about 280 batting average he's essentially what Cesar Hernandez is but in the outfield with a little more upside I think 15 15 is a high or 14 14 15 15 is like a floor kind of where you're hoping that's like that's like the ceiling for Hernandez so that's pretty much it. You know he's gonna get like a hundred runs again, prorated. About fifty runs and seven and seven, which in a shortened season I'll take it. Again, batting two eighty in the process. We're talking about a guy that we're talking about a league average walk rate, but elite strikeout rate. He's he has a career sixteen point seven strikeout percentage. Um, we're talking about a guy that eighty first percentile sprint speed last season, and we're and not to mention that Eaton actually increased his sprint speed twenty eight point three uh, feet per second coming off of 27.5 in 2018 and it was the highest it's been since 2017 when it was 28.6 so we're still talking about a guy who's actually increased his speed meaning showing that he's healthy i think showing that he's past the knee issues and all that so at the end of the day you just know what you're getting solid safe no real red like red flags in the production and that, that's a, we're talking about a guy who's 31 years old so again maybe past his prime but hasn't really showed the decline yet and we're, again, we're talking. There's no real any hangover issues with these with the, uh, being a World Series or deep playoff run team. So should be healthy, should be ready to go, and hitting a top of a good lineup. So that's pretty much it. Boring. <laughs> and you can get them after Brian Reynolds. Oh man! So you got Adam Eaton, Caesar Hernandez, and, and Brian uh, Anderson. Right. <laughs> that's like 
that's 99th percentile boredness right there. I mean, but you know what? <laughs> You're never gonna take them out of your lineup if you draft them. I think you got the most boring trio of the three of us here. <laughs> well, I mean, you have Zach, who's like hella controversial, and then yours, uh, yours are pretty, you had, oh, you had Elvis Andrews, a little more exciting. I'll give you that. He has a little something to him. But Mike Miner and Brian Reynolds, not too far. I'll make a sa- another side bet. I like Adam Eaton more than Brian Reynolds. I'll do it. I'll take it. Boom. I'm, take, I'm taking George's side on that. I'm not betting both of you. I'm betting George. <laughs> Gosh. Um, Episode 99. We're getting some luck. Lo- this is where we're at. Quarantine. Betting quarantine jerseys. Betting nonstop. Yeah. We're, be- we're betting Adam. We're betting. We're betting Adam Eaton against Brian Reynolds. This is crazy hoping that there's actually a, a season and stats to bet on oh there will be how are we yeah. we'll, we'll, have, we'll talk about the real details about what we'll use i guess like a player rate or something we'll figure it out we have a bunch of bets behind the scenes these are we just found two tonight perfect way to end the show gentlemen oh wait before we got here we'll recap so george's were mike minor elvis andrews and brian reynolds zach had justin turner Hunter Renfro and Alex Verdugo. I had the most boring crop of players in Cesar Hernandez, Adam Eaton, and Brian Anderson. That's going to do it for us tonight. You can follow all things Bases Loaded on Twitter at Bases Loaded FBN. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm Mike at Mike underscore Curlin. George is at Roto underscore Nino. Zach is at Brav Z. That's going to do it. Again, we appreciate listening as always, and we'll talk to you soon.